doubt up here. And Matt and we have Matt and Jen, and they are our worship pastors. They're amazing. We are so grateful for them. And I call them worship pastors because they're truly pastors. They're stewarding a family um, as well as anything I've seen in this region. And so I absolutely love it. We got to spend a day together yesterday at Revive the World in Greenwood. Um, I was one of the uh, four speakers. We did a, a workshop uh, for 30 worship leaders um, in the region. We had people from all over Indiana. And uh, so Matt and Jen were there representing the well. And we had an amazing time with senior worship leaders creating uh, cultures where people can connect with the Lord. And so it was an amazing day. So I honor these guys so much. I absolutely love them. And what I love about Matt and Jen and why I want them on the panel today, obviously they're both so incredibly artistic and creative, but their creativity is really different. And I love how your marriage represents um, this coming together of this thing that just creates something beautiful before the Lord. Of course, you guys know Matt is an amazing photographer, runs his own photography business. And Jen is like a designer extraordinaire and a cosmetologist. I mean, these guys just exude the arts and everything they do and what they touch blossoms. And so I love that. And of course, guys, we are so honored to have Linda Stamper as a part. She's like our main, our main prophetic artist mama. And um, I called her and I said, Linda, I know this may be out of your comfort zone, but I want you to help me preach um, on Sunday. And she, because she likes me a lot, she said yes. And so, but I just, I value her voice that is, comes through her art that every time I look at one of her things, uh, it draws me into heaven. It draws me before the throne of the Lord. And so, guys, thank you for doing this. So I'm just going to facilitate and ask some questions today. I want to start out um, with a quote by one of my favorite theologians, John Piper. And um, Jen, I think we're going to start with you after this. And just I want each of you guys just to talk about... Um, creativity being a value here at the church, how you see that. And we want to make it really clear, we view every single person as a creative force. Uh, if you have Jesus alive on the inside of you, tag your creative. We always say, tag, you're part of the team. You are creative. If you're an accountant, you're creative with numbers. If you're managing people, you're, it's, it's all the joy of stewarding and governing this amazing creation that's before us. So John Piper, one of my favorite authors and theologians, he said this in a book he recently wrote. He said, if you are God, which we're not, he said, God, his work is to create out of nothing. If you're not God, but you're human, your work is to take what God has made and shape it and use it to make God look great. And so that is true. We talk a lot about, well, we don't talk a lot. I talk a lot about uh, the seven mountains that uh, Lauren Cunningham, the founder of y YWAM, and Bill Bright, uh, the founder of Crew, uh, years ago, 30, more than 30 years ago, they got together and they both realized God had given them the same vision of these seven mountains or seven spheres of influence that the church was supposed to be leading the way there was supposed to be a renaissance in each one of these seven spheres, which includes education, government, 
um, the church, but the arts and entertainment is one of those mountains. So we're called to, to steward creativity in each one of those seven uh, spheres, and everything we do, like my gifting <clears throat> is leadership, and so everything I touch, I want to make God look great. It's why I'm passionate about, I don't want to pull the spotlight on myself or any other person. This is not about a one-man or a one-woman show. Our job is to get in front of God, get others in front of God, and get out of the way so that he is made great. That bugs a lot of religious spirits who are in it for wrong motives. You hear me? And it causes a stirring. You hear me? And so we want God to be great in our midst. So we want to steward. I want to see the arts and creativity just explode in this place. And people uh, doing in their realm what God has given them to do in their assignment, making God look great. It's why we're put here on the earth. And then in turn, he makes us, he high fives us. He does, that, he does it all, and he gives us like a gold star, and we feel so good about ourselves, so it's amazing. So, Jen, just talk a little bit. I know this, like, I feel like this comes out of your pores. Everything you touch becomes, we're like, we call ourselves like the twin. We're, we're, we twin Ch- all the time. Twins. The chippy twins. And so uh, she just makes everything just amazing, and just life comes out of it. So just talk a little bit about this process. I think my life song, um, Sarah yesterday was talking about, like, what's your life song, what comes out of you and I really think that my life song is to make everything in my life beautiful whether it's my husband whether it's my kids whether it's this team whether it's church whether it's makeup on a face whether it's taking an ugly ratty chair that somebody threw out in the trash and I see what it could be Um, I really do I believe it's my life song to make things beautiful Um, you know that is also a part of the gospel do you, do you know how gospel, what she just said, that is so gospel, because guess what? That's what happened to each right. one of us. If you are in Christ, you were that ratty chair that the enemy just threw out to be discarded, and God said, I see something so valuable and beautiful, and he takes us and reshapes us, refashions us. I'm just going to, if you do not have Jesus in your heart today, if you still view yourself as that ratty chair off discarded in a pile of refuse, that you're under the dominion of darkness and a green hand-holding with the lie. And Jesus wants to escort you from the kingdom of darkness into glorious light right now. And so this, we're talking about creativity, but really we're hitting the gospel in a huge way. Yeah, because really you're just a treasure waiting to be discovered. Wait a minute, say that again, that's huge. I I feel like, like you're a treasure waiting to be discovered. For me, that's really what creativity is, that it's like this invitation from heaven to see things from a different perspective, to see something not for what it is, but what it could be, like the potential in something. Like one of my favorite things to do is go to Goodwill and walk around. It just ignites my heart because I see all these things that people got rid of, but what they can be when I just get some paint on it, you know, or just making it pretty. So I do, I feel like um, it, it really is a, it's a kingdom thing. This creativity, it, it really is an invitation to see, the. it's the gold mining. It's calling out the gold, whether it's a person, whether it's a thing, whether it's a team, ministry. Matt, what are your thoughts about this? 
we were talking about this last night, and uh, you said something yesterday that Jen and I have, have been talking about a long time, um, in, in that when God created the world, when he created the universe, and he said, let there be light, you didn't go this far yesterday, but light is a waveform, and if you take light as a waveform and you simply slow it down, you keep slowing the waveform down, eventually it becomes a sound wave. So light and sound are both waves. And so when God created the universe and he created it with light, it, it was also sound. It was just a way and above. Maybe the angels could hear it, but, but, but that sound wave was too high for us as humans to hear. But it's the same thing. And I believe that as God, God pushed the universe out of his mind and, and it was all created, that, that sound and art, is, because art is really just light bouncing off of things of color and bouncing back into our mind. And it's all these waves. And so if you think about that breath. So then I thought last night we were, we were talking about this. And I thought, you know, God is the creator. And he created us in his image. And so as we were, our very first moment of coming to life was out of creativity. Like we were created. That's the first thing we did. The first thing that we were allowed was we were part of a creation. So why wouldn't, if that is our root DNA, why wouldn't that creative spirit carry through all of us? And I think many people find that early in life and so forth. Um, but, but there are a lot of people out there that don't feel creative. But I, I believe that everybody is creative. You simply need help. And uh, so one of the things I'm passionate about is helping people figure out how they can be creative. That's so good, Matt, because... Uh, just so let me do good, th- good Bible here real quick. So Genesis 1 says, and God created them male and female. And so God, the great creator, created us. And it says that he has stamped his image in us that were uniquely, wonderfully, fearfully made. So if he is a creator and an artist and his image is alive on the inside of us, it may feel blocked or shut down. But you, each of you carry a creative anointing. And so a lot of us, it's, it's dead until Christ regenerates our spirit. We're born again. And then you carry a creative anointing and stewardship and power uh, to touch everything. That's why I'm in this thing this morning of the desert blooming and rejoicing. Part of the glory of us taking the gospel to the ends of the earth is to every dark corner be filled with light. Every dark pocket become a canvas of beauty. He's beautifying every broken thing so that his name is made great. So he's the famous one in all of the earth. Amen. Amen. So Linda, we love you so much. You've got to speak right into it. That's because my mic technique sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Linda, we can't say suck in church, oh, so I'm just sorry. so you know. So we're okay. very good people, so I'm just teasing. If we're going to bother religious spirits, we must on, just really it. go ahead and do it. So, Linda, this, this was out of your comfort zone to come back up and start painting. Tell us a little bit about your testimony and your story. I love it. Well... I became a prophetic painter because I was encouraged. Uh, Say that I, again. That's so I was key. encouraged. I know two brilliant musicians who grew up together, and people said, you must have been so competitive. And they said, no, we only encouraged each other. And I had dabbled in painting, mostly floral paintings. That How many flower paintings do you really want? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I did the uh, worship 
people that are still framed out there and gave it to the church. Well, be careful when you give something away. People, we saw get her. Stuff back. Wait, was Tom Molina involved in any of this? Uh, well, yeah, I'm the just first teasing. time I spoke, he had to stand next to me, but now you can just stay seated. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the encouragement came from Jen. She said, would you come up and paint uh, at church on Sundays? And I said, yes. <laughs> but it was her encouragement and her idea or the Holy Spirit's idea that encouraged me to do that. Um, so since I was supposed to be a prophetic artist, I thought, what is prophetic art? And it's really a message from God in visual form. And it could be a message from scripture. It could be from a vision. It could be from a dream. Or just something God puts in your heart. Sometimes I don't even know why uh, I'm painting something. But the picture of Ruth over there with the wheat. Uh, I looked it up. And wheat is symbolic of the resurrection and harvest and productivity. So I thought, oh, now I get it. But I got it later instead of yeah, before. That's right. Of right. <laughs> uh, uh, my friend Sally Least, I quote her a lot. She said, "Creativity comes from your center, from your gut, from your heart, and it flows, and it can be stopped yeah. by overthinking, right. by your own agenda, by fear, yeah. by fear. Absolutely." Um, so basically, I'm an untrained amateur, but the Holy Spirit has guided me, and um, I've done things that I didn't know that I could do or that he wanted me to do, like the lion paintings. Mm -hmm. uh, the first lion painting, I think, Susie requested that one, and I said, I, I, I can't do animals. <laughs> so now, I mean, who would have thought that a year and a half later I would have this wall of art? But... When I'm talking about visions, I want to show you this painting. This is a vision. This is a vision. Woo. Of Frank, Frank Hummel, uh, where he dreamed that he was riding on an eagle over the earth, seeing things from God's perspective. Um, and below, he could see all these little eagles, or as he called them, eagle people, people who are prophetic. Um, so... He told me that vision, and it was just something that God wanted me to paint. Um, on the other hand, sometimes I, we do things that we just come right out of our heart. This is a painting by Ellie, who was the Hall's niece. Some people find this difficult to look at. And it makes me cry because it shows strength and honor and nobility and courage. And so I really don't want to let this painting go, even though someone's already spoken for it. Yeah, there's such, there's such beauty, yeah. beauty in that. So I guess the, the message is let him. Don't force him, just let him. Yeah. And your creativity will flow. I just want to, you know, I love what Linda said, that she, she was encouraged to do it, and she did it, and she was nervous. She was afraid. I mean... So many times, even up here in the, you know, we step out, Ashley, right? We step out, Logan, mm -hmm. 
in prophetic song, and we're like jumping off the cliff, hoping that Holy Spirit's gonna, gonna you know, blow wind on that thing. And here's the thing, you guys, that I'm learning. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The one who hovered over a dark, formless nothing and said, let there be. We are being creative. We're not doing creative. We are being, because we're creative beings. So how can we ever fail? So I love that, Linda. So good. And I just, um, so I was thinking about this building stone today and why it's so important. Uh, a few weeks ago when I did the stone on the uh, beauty of diversity, and he really took me into a picture of heaven and how diverse heaven is with all the different things. I started thinking about it again in terms of art and beauty and creativity. And um, so just so you guys know, theologically, I believe the new Jerusalem is a literal heavenly city that's already been prepared. And it's a, a mystery, but it's, it is heaven and it's part of heaven. And Heaven is more expansive than that, but I love the new Jerusalem. I believe it's a literal city that Jesus will rule and reign from that will come down from heaven and touch the physical city of Jerusalem. So that's my, that's my uh, theology. And so um, we're not talking about eschatology here today, but I just, I'm so excited because when we read the book of Revelation, the city, uh, the new Jerusalem I mean, it has streets paved with gold. It has gates made of a single pearl carved out of it. How, how big would a pearl have to be? I mean, what's the biggest pearl you've seen? How big would a pearl have to be to make a huge gate? Because I don't think the gates in heaven are little. I think they're yes. magnanimous. I think they're incredible. Uh, the, just the foundation of the city walls are 12 different jewel precious stones and like who knows how deep like how deep would god do a foundation i mean we sally and i are closing on our new farmhouse tomorrow at 1 p.m so excited because for me i'm like jen that is my i told i told linda that's my blank canvas i'm gonna have the next month as a blank canvas to make no, it'll that be place done in four days beautiful oh of course it will because we're twins um so but uh in the new Jerusalem, I mean, a foundation of 12 layers that are incredibly beautiful. And the whole city looks like a gleaming diamond. If God prepared that before you and I were even on this earth, how much must he value art and beauty and creativity and stewardship of those things? And then Sally and I just got back from Glacier National Park, which you guys sent us there. Thank you so much. Uh, it, was, it was so amazing. And I just felt like everywhere I looked, it was a picture of heaven. It was so beautiful. Like God has put heaven in the earth as well because uh, it's the beauty of his creation. It says in Ephesians 2, we are his craftsmanship. It means it translates in the Hebraic, we are his art piece. We are his great poem. We are his the great peace that he has created. He's the potter. We are the clay. He's made something so beautiful. But he made the earth and fashioned it and said, it is good. I mean, there's beauty there. There's redemptive value. And um, so, man, I'm in this thing of just the creativity that we're called, Adam and Eve, we're called to steward that, each with really different roles, but they're called to govern and steward together. 
And so I just, uh, I'm in this thing of let it be on the earth as it is in heaven. And heaven was stirred. Weird to make everything beautiful. Jesus makes all things beautiful in this time. It is our testimony. It's my story. It's your story. He makes beauty from the ash heaps of this earth. You hear me? He makes beauty out of broken pottery. He makes beauty. All of our stories is about this beautiful thing happening, and it looks different. You may be real analytical. I love, like, I feel like I'm so grateful Matt is not schizophrenic because <laughs> he is, like, so wired, like, both left brain and right brain because he's so high creative, but he's also, he's such a teacher and learner and researcher and just, he's so different from me. I just, I love how you and were in from Jen. And so, but, but it's all part of the creative process. It's true if you're working with numbers, if you're an engineer, if you're a scientist, if you're managing people, it's all stewardship and creativity. Yeah, I, um, I think people come to creative uh, passions in multiple different ways. I started piano lessons as a young child because my mom played piano. And so I grew up in a house where my mom played piano. And so I always played. And I went to, I took piano lessons my whole high school career. I went to college and studied piano in college. I went to graduate school and studied music. And so for me, music has always been this thing that I practice. And I hurt my arms in college practicing six hours a day trying to prepare for my senior recital. I mean, I literally pounded and pounded and played and played and so forth. And so the first few years when we started transitioning um, out of um, when, when, when Jen and I first started coming to church here, we did five songs every Sunday, two fast, one medium, and two slow tempo, and we did five songs in 20 minutes. I mean, we pounded out radio versions of stuff, and literally the drummer started the next song as we played the last chord of the previous song. And, and so that, all I had to do was practice, and so that was easy. But as the Lord started taking us on this beautiful journey of freedom in music, my mind, like, I, like, didn't understand that. I don't know if you guys know, I have a microphone, but you never hear my voice because I'm talking to the band in their ears. I've got this little box sitting on top of the piano that's clicking off the metronome, clicking my ears. I'm playing it's with like all I'm playing with all ten fingers, and then I have a computer that has four other sounds and so forth. So You're I'm like, like the orchestra conductor. I'm literally trying to manage all of this material all at once. And for years I struggled. Everybody up here on stage was laid out and stuff, and I'm just like, hey, that was great because I didn't play any wrong notes today. That to me was like why worship was good. Um, but, uh, probably because of my wife, but, um, and just the way things have been going here, um, I've been, I'm, I've I'm at a point Stretched. now where I've practiced enough. Yeah. I feel like the Lord took me through a long journey of practicing and learning things. And now I have to learn a new song, but I can literally, I can listen to it once or twice and I can play it now. And so now the Lord has released me to enjoy and be creative musically, um, but it, it was not, gen- thank you, it was not, it was not the way some other people get to that. Mine was through lots and lots of hard work and practice and years where I couldn't feel creative. I only felt like I was playing the right things, and now I feel like I can close my eyes, and I can just listen to the Lord sing, and it comes out of my fingers, and so... And I love that because the process is different for each one of us, depending on gifting, our redemptive gifts, how we're wired. What else? Other nuggets of gold. Are we switching questions? You talked about creativity in church. 
Yeah. Do you want to go there? Yes, let's okay. do. We are switching questions. Um, I wrote a lot of stuff down and just to keep myself on track. Um, I think that creativity is key to a healthy church. I think it's kind of the pulse, you know, um, because where there is creativity, there's growth. People are growing. People are being stretched. Um, I love, um, I think that creativity opens the door to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is not something that, I mean, I don't love to be vulnerable, but I'm learning to be. Like being up here, you guys, the things that, like the team, like it's super vulnerable to, to, to step out. Like Matt was saying, we have a set list, but most Sundays now we just chuck it out the window and follow the Holy Spirit and go where he wants. And we jump off the cliff and he's always right there. Um, but we can do that because Matt put in all those years, right? So we, we were able, his, his um, your time and your with the Lord and your learning of those things has giving, given the rest of the team the freedom, especially us singers, right? The ability to step out and to just follow the Holy Spirit because we know that yes, we're not so going to fall or fail. Of, his spirit of excellence yes. in work because it wasn't freedom. all performance because right. his heart is for Jesus. Yeah. It, his, his diligence in the work, and I think of Sally Lee's, like her, her life in dance and the arts uh, has become a foundation for so many other of the, the emerging generation uh -huh. to stand on to go for it in God. So thank, we want to thank you guys yes. for stewarding your lives in such a way that there's a spirit of excellence right. that lets this generation, all of us, really get to play right. and look good. You make right. us look good. Yeah. And, um, can I just jump in real fast? So one of, the, one of the things that happens, though, is when you come to this team and you want to be part of this team, um, and all you've ever had is just piano lessons, it's mind-blowing, I think, but when you come to this team and you're like an open canvas and you're like, hey, I just want to learn. I like have a few little ideas and things I can do, but I just want to learn. Like I think of Zion. When Zion came to the team and brought a saxophone, um, Brian Harvey, who was here at that moment, looked at me and he's like, I have no idea what to do with a saxophone, but if you think you can work with her, then we'll let her on the team. Or when Ethan was nine years old and wanted to join our team as a nine-year-old and was a really good piano player, piano player. But we provided this freedom and this canvas to, okay, let's go beyond that now and let's explore. And if you've heard Ethan play, he's better than I am. It's amazing. And, 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 and Zion, now when you hear her play her saxophone, it's, like, it's not like, it's not like um, school band. It's not even like jazz band. It's like the Lord singing out of, out of her yeah, instrument. Absolutely. But she didn't know how to do that when she came in here. But she was willing to right. try and be vulnerable and be uncomfortable and so forth. So. Um, one thing that I did want to say is that I uh, talked to a gallery, uh, art gallery owner, and I was, of course I had to show him my paintings, and he said, we've made a connection here. Art connects people. But the difference between prophetic art and other art is that it connects people to God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right on. You know what's interesting, then Jen will tag right back to you, but... Um, during the Renaissance time, do you know the church, we came out of the, you know, so I'm a, I'm a revival and church history student. I love it. Both Sally and I are, and so we've studied it for years. But coming out of the dark ages, which weren't totally dark because some of the most bright and shining lamps, some of my spiritual heroes were stood 
and prayed during those years. So I kind of like the dark ages too. But coming out into the Renaissance, uh, the church, real deal believers led the way and redeemed the mountain of art especially and created things that made God great in the earth. And so then we have movements. Uh, I love the Puritan movement in so many ways, but they devalued uh they devalued that connection that art might make out of fear. A spirit of fear made them think that people would worship that. And there is, there is a balance to all this because people can worship the created versus looking at the gift giver, the created. So that is always a tension in, in our brokenness and in our humanity. But art was given as a gift from God, just like the sun is a picture of the father given to us. Art is a picture. When I look at Linda's stuff, it's a window into an encounter with the Lord. When Sally dances, it's a window for me to go into an encounter with the Lord. When my son, Jakey, uh, who's an incredible poet, when he uh, writes a poem and I read it, it's a, uh, an invitation into an encounter with the Lord. Uh, man, and I even do this. So when Tom, Tom brings his business list his things. It is like, and I see him being who he is, stewarding the presence of the Lord through his gifting. I get brought into an encounter with the Lord, and it's a creative thing on each one of you guys. When I see Janine and Jill with the flags, I don't, I don't know about you, but I just get sucked up into seeing things that I would not have seen had we shut down freedom and creativity and beauty in this place. So I love it. Jen. You know, it just reminds me of, of a family. When you have kids that grow up in a healthy um, family, they feel safe. And when you feel safe, you're willing to take risks and you're willing to try new things and you're willing to step out because you believe anything's possible because people believe in you. So I feel like that's kind of that place of creativity and vulnerability when we stand before the Lord and we just, like, look our fear, like Linda did, right in the face and said, well, I'm nervous or I'm afraid I'm going to do it anyway. And... Um, I really feel like in the church, we have to stop saying we're not creative. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's a lie from the pit of hell. And um, we, have to, we have to stop saying that. There is so much life in being creative. And, like, we also have to, like, that, that thing that says, well, if I'm not, creativity is only painting or it's decorating or it's singing or it's, no, creativity is cooking a meal with ingredients from your refrigerator without a recipe. Ingredients is blending a family together. Matt and I, wow. you know, we blended a family together. Creativity is organizing numbers, you accountants, and how you do things with beautiful numbers. It would make me want to poke my eyes out. But for you, it's, so it's, it's that place like what sets your heart on fire? Yeah. Ask the Lord, what sets your heart on fire? What makes you passionate? What drives you? But I really do feel like, and I was telling Marvin, like, we, I think we need to break this lie off of the church, like, that we're not creative people. Just really quick, I want to give an example. Last, two years ago, in my Tuesday women's group, raise your hand if you were there. Um, we did this really cool exercise where we were, we wanted to encounter the Holy Spirit in different ways. So I bought um, blank paper and markers and Janine brought just like a 30-minute soaking worship thing, and we decided that we were going to draw what we heard or draw what we saw. And 
pretty much everyone in the room, including me, said, well, I'm not, a, I can't draw. I'm not an artist. And the Holy Spirit was telling us, but I am. And I live inside of you. I live and move and have my being inside of you. So if you partner with me, we can co-create something. Beautiful. So we all just said, okay, we're going to try it. And when we were done, we had like, what, 12, 15 people that day. And every single picture connected. There was something that told a story. And it was, I think it was gold, was like the, the thread that ran through. And it was really cool to see that happen. And it, it like opened up this this um, this place, it, it really sets your heart on fire. Yeah. I think a key with that, Jen, um, and then we'll go back to you, Linda. I think a key to breaking off the lie that some people are creative and others aren't, or like I'm right brain, I'm left brain, I'm introvert, I'm an extrovert. So all that just, uh, the Lord spoke to me when I was doing the workshop yesterday. He said, Marvin, uh, what you compare, you will never celebrate. I think the issue is to stop. I Even sometimes I, we're only up here on this platform because we wanted everyone to be able to see and hear it was, it's trying to serve. But it bothers me in some ways because it feels like a, um, I know you guys know our hearts, but it feels like a separation. This is so Western and not Hebraic in what we're doing here like this, but it's who we are and it works for, it serves its purpose. And so, um, but there is no hierarchy of really high creative people and other people who are not. You may, your flow may be shut down, right. but that's a deliverance issue. That's a freedom issue. And so we want to go for the flow. In whatever realm you're stewarding and you're governing, every one of you guys are a governor and a steward in this room. In whatever assignment you're on here on earth, it is beautiful and it's a good thing. And, um, and he wants to release you to steward and to bring life and beauty in that place. But if you get into the comparison game, you will never celebrate. And I want to tell you where cre creativity uh, uh, flourishes is where there's celebration. When you and I can look at each other and stop saying, I wish I was more like that person, or sometimes it's even the opposite. I wish they were more like me because it rubs us the wrong way. Instead, stop comparing and celebrate. If you love what you see in Linda, begin to celebrate her. If you, if you desire something but you feel upset or shut down or like condemned, begin, don't think about yourself. Begin to think more highly of others than yourself and celebrate them. And, and you'll be surprised. It may loose you into something that shocks you. Because Ephesians 2.10, the verse I was referring to, it says, we are his craftsmanship, his workmanship, yeah. his, po his poeme. Right. It's his masterpiece in the earth. But it doesn't stop there. It says created right. for good works. Yeah. Sometimes if we don't believe that we are his masterpiece, but S Sally is or Matt is or Dennis is, it's like we will shut down we won't first of all we'll have a love problem because we won't celebrate that person but then we'll shut down the the dream of god's heart that we would express his greatness and see him made famous in the earth this really guys i'm telling you this is connected to the gospel if we don't get this stone here in this body we will shut down the part of the glory of the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his son. Yes. 
You hearing me? If we shut down this stone or we devalue it and push it aside, we look at his creation and say it's not enough that Jesus, what Jesus paid for on the cross. And maybe we'll just slip by by the skin of our teeth, but he will not make us a bride without spot or wrinkle. Do you know part of where this is the beauty of creativity? Really what's happening, he's preparing a bride who is without spot or wrinkle. When we awake, we will be like him. That's what the psalmist said. That is part of why creativity is such a value. He is creating something beautiful and good in us. You got something? Get up here. I knew it. Come on. Release it, Michelle. We love you. Release it. So during worship, um, I was, um, that whole freedom thing, and people walking around during first service, and I was seeing Marvin up here, and he was just shaking. (laughs) Really? That's unusual. Wow. Thank you, Hannah. And Marvin, we don't want to be that free. Uh, (laughs) I guess we're being vulnerable here. I missed it, but it's good. Um. So Marvin was just like shaking his arms multiple times. I don't know if you knew that or not. I know. I just felt like I was shaking multiple. stuff off. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then people were walking around, and I'm like, okay, what is this, Lord? What is this, Lord? And um, then we were singing, freedom reigns in this place. And, um, and what I heard him say, not bondage. And so for individuals, there's been bondage that has been ra- reigning, not freedom. I was seeing... Um, shackles falling off and chains falling off um and we have shackles on our hands and shackles on your feet and when you're in bondage and you're a prisoner that's where you are and people were walking so they didn't have them on their feet anymore and marvin was going back and forth and he was going like this and i'm like okay shaking them off of our hands and um and my hands were just sweating profusely which usually means freedom and um, healing, and so I just felt like that, and you were saying, breaking off the lies that we aren't creative, and he took me back to years ago for my birthday, my good friend Joni, I don't know where you are, Joni, where are you, Joni? Joni, over the corner, put your hand up, be free, Joni, put your hand up, woo! She is super creative. We celebrate you, Joni, we love you guys. Yes, yes. She gave me this stone. I don't know if she remembers it or not. She gave me a stone, and on it it said create. And I just looked at it, and I'm like, what? And um, she's like, you were created to, to show people who they were created to be. And... I think there is a freedom that the Lord wants just manifested that, you know, we are his creation. We go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm his creation, you know. Well, creation is a noun. Creative is the adjective. So we're to be a creative creation, a creative creation. And so I just felt like the Lord is just wanting the Holy Spirit just to just go before him and ask, in what way am I a creative creation? And you don't even have to, like, when, when you say the lie, you know, we renounce the lie, we're not creative, but then, okay, we renounce that lie, and then we just walk around not knowing what we're creative in. And so it is just going before the Holy Spirit and saying, how have you created me as creative? 
And then the walking in that is then shaking off whatever bondage or lie has told you that you're not that and walking it out. And then coming before even maybe the elders here, other people and saying, this is what I'm creative in. I don't know how I can serve here. But, you know, we just think, well, I can't, you know, use my creativity to serve the people. But that's a lie as well. We break off false humility. That is a big thing right now is breaking off. We don't want to err in pride, yeah. that thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, but nor do we want to live in false humility right. that squelches. You're robbing God of his dream in the earth when you, when you uh, partner with false humility or pride. Either one, you're robbing God of his glory. Sally, come up here. Man, Michelle, that was marching orders for us. That's part of our ministry time. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think that we need to check with the Lord, ask the Lord what is our area of creativity. Yep. And the Lord gave me a couple of things just to throw out to you. Um, first of all, parenting, okay, because we see, we see a disobedient little toddler, and we need to ask the Lord for his view of who that little person is, and we can, we can uh, partner with him um, to create, you know, what he has created that person to be. Um, also, businesses, yeah. like it takes a creative mind to build a business, yeah. to see what is not yet, um, and also creating wealth. Like I think there's some people here who have been called to create wealth, to take what is not yet, to see what God wants to do, and, uh, yeah, be creative in that way. So good. I think you're prophesying because... You guys don't know, but Tim Porter is preaching next week. Tim's moving to California in two weeks, and so we are, we are launching him. He's going to extend the well into California, so we're launching him uh, because he's, he's going with the dream that the Lord has for him. But um, he's going to be touching some of those very things, Sally, next week. I love it. So she's setting you up, Tim, for creativity in the marketplace. It's huge. Um, I just want to encourage people, don't think that your creativity is limited to something that you already know how to do. Because I believed my entire life that, that my, my, um, my most passionate creative outlet was music. And I believed that just because that's all I ever did. And I, I'm, I'm good at it. But I, um, I was sitting right out here and a pastor stood up here and he had me stand up and he looked at me and he said, um, the Lord is going to give you a brand new creative outlet that has nothing to do with music. And at that point, I had no idea what he was talking about. I, we owned a camera, but it was a little point and shoot. And, and I, I mean, I literally, I, I, I couldn't even think what he could possibly be thinking about. So we, we were boating with my sister, and the camera got wet, and it stopped working. So Jen and I, just on a fluke, I think it was an anniversary, we just said, hey, we're going to go buy a nice camera. Our kids are growing older. Video cameras, it just, it's not... We're not doing video. So we just went and bought a camera. We came home. I put it all together, put the lens on it. Jen, was, was, it. Jen was, was in the backyard, and I, like, I got the zoom lens, and I, like, zoomed in on her and stuff. And I took a picture, and I looked at my wife on the back of the screen, and I'm like, ooh. I mean, literally, at the moment that I saw that picture, at the moment that I saw That is so it, great. Oh, my God. <laughs> It, it was partially her, but it was partially, it was partially, I, I, I heart on in fire. that moment, I made a connection to what that pastor prophesied over me 
and something that the Lord was going to give me, and that was 12 years ago, and I'm now, I was able to quit my job, and I'm now making my entire living, not off music, but off of photography, which at I that point, I knew that. nothing about. I don't think you can separate creativity and dreams. Yeah. Like, God has these dreams for us, and he puts them in our heart, and we carry them, and I feel so like that's good. Yeah. Linda, final thoughts. I'll close this out. Creativity, and I, what I hear all of us saying is that creativity is life. It creates life and healing and peace. And um, whether it's dance or music or photography or art, if it if it's, comes from the center where the Holy Spirit is, it's life. Um, I know people have said to me, Pam Hollis said, all these pictures have a message for me. And one man who took a lion home said, when I hung it up, there was a transformation in the atmosphere in my home. And that's, that's not anything you can do naturally. That's the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's true of dance and music and all of the arts. Yes, yeah, so I just, yeah, come on. Yes, we are tag teaming it today. This is amazing. We love you, Cindy. We love the rivers. They're amazing. Rivers of life. I just want to say that everything that you shared today really blessed me, and I'm sure as well as the rest of you. But you would all, there would be a thought that would come in my mind about I'm not creative, I'm not musical, um, I'm not artistic. My sisters are, but I am not. I didn't get that gift. But every time a thought came into my mind, you all spoke against that. Wow. <laughs> and, and you blessed me with that. And so there was one thing that just really um, registered with me, and I feel like I need to share that. Matt, you were talking about the sounds of waves, and you were talking about the sound of light. And all of a sudden, this vision came before me, and it was the ocean. And I love to sit at a, on a beach and listen to the tide and the waves of the ocean coming, and it's beautiful. I love to go early in the morning and watch the sunrise and watch that as well. And all of a sudden, when, my, when he said that, I pictured the tide coming in. But what comes in with the tide? Beautiful, beautiful shells on the shore. But also trash and nasty stuff come in with that tide. Now, that tide can't come in without the light of the moon or the sun. And God is in control of that wind that brings the waves of those oceans in. So we are at a crossroads. We have a choice. Do we pick up those beautiful shells and we carry them with them and enjoy them for the rest of our life? Or do we pick up that nasty trash and we wow. let it bog us down? We have a choice. We disregard the trash and we live freedom and the beauty that God has given us and we walk away with that and we walk with the beauty that God has given us and provided or we pick up the trash that Satan throws at us every day throw it away and it's our choice so. Cindy so good well guys I'm going to go ahead and close this out I man this has been so rich and so this has been fun to do I love I'm like why not be creative on our stone of creativity and how we even preach uh, for this, but I just started thinking about in this place, um, 
what is the Lord's dream for creating for the king and for the kingdom? And so I started thinking about um, dance and the flags. And man, we're going to, Sally, Sally, just wave your hand at us, Sally, Sally Least. And um, she is a wealth in this arena. And I just want to honor, honor my dear friend. You got to come up here and do it on the mic so we can hear it. Or Matt will bring it to you. Here's where creativity flourishes. See, see, our goal isn't to make ourselves creative. Our goal is to love the secrets out of each other. Yeah. We're responsible for each other's creativity. See? Yeah. We're responsible to create the environment that loves each other open enough. And in that open, relaxed, I've seen it over and over. I promise you, I can tell you so many stories, I can bore you to tears three hours later. But I've seen miracles in classrooms. Miracles. Because, see, here's what I think the creative, or the way kind of God broke it down to me and the way I actually have taught it. Now, you know, there really, there are creative theorists, and they talk about the creative process as 7, 9, 11, and 12 steps. I'm not kidding. Woo! It's... You know, but I think that one of the most important steps of the creative process, I actually think it is the most important. I actually think you can boil the creative process down to three steps. But the first step is the ability to receive, the ability to open up. And the ability to receive. The That's ability so to receive to as many as received him. To them, he gave the power mm. to release, to create, right? I, this ability to receive is everything. Yeah. So it's good. everything. That means in a five-minute conversation, like Matthew 25, I can open up and really listen to you. And you can pour your heart out. And I'm able to receive. And you're able to give. And we've just created an environment for creativity. Yeah. See, it's not about the third step of creativity is, is, is the product. But let's, let's open up and listen to each other. Let's uh, open up and love each other enough that we can center each other. And I think that's the second step of the creative process. If we've been able to take in and receive the world around us, receive those notes, you know, practice, then what happens is if we're loved enough and we're open, that's all in our inner library. And I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen kids open up and suddenly this amazing synthesis that we call using your imagination, but it's really synthesizing what we've been able to take in. I mean, creativity just flows like a yep. river downstream. So good. So good. Oh, let's love each other open. <laughs> oh, let's love each other open. Oh, let's love each other open. Let's Amen. be Matthew 25. Let's be James 3 like we were talking about. See, because it says, watch. Where there's bitter envy, where there's bitter jealousy and envy. There, you know what there is? There's confusion. It, it, it's called disorder. And exactly. you know what creativity is? It's bringing order out of confusion. So where there's bitter jealousy or the focus on myself and selfish ambition is the next one. There's disorder. And you shut it down. Thing. You shut each shut other down. down. See, it's not about can I paint a picture. It's not that. It's, it's can I love you enough that I can. Yes, yes. So good. Sally, thank Hallelujah. you. Amazing. And uh, see, James 3, 